Church, it is great to assemble again this evening to worship our great God because no greater love, like the song, the hymn we just sung, there is no greater love than the love that God has for us. And God is absolutely amazing. We can't help but to continuously stand in awe of the greatness of our, our God and to thank Him for His mercy and His kindness and His grace. Thank you for being here today, uh, both those of you who are in person who are helping out with this assembly and for those of you who are at home uh, worshiping with us online. Praise God for your attendance. Let's please go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for your, for your kindness. We can never thank you enough for all that you've done, for all that you do, for all that you will do, for being in our lives and for loving us, Lord God, even when we haven't loved you, for loving you, Lord God, we uh, we pray and thank you that you have given us that love, that you loved us first, and that is the only reason we love you. Help us, Lord God, to be able to transform our love to where it's a natural love that we have for you, that we will give our lives for you and surrender and sacrifice to live for you and to honor your name. Thank you for Jesus, your great son. Thank you for that amazing sacrifice. It's in his name we pray and thank thee. If it be thy will, amen. We're going to 1 Peter chapter 5. Tonight we're building on the subject of precious. And we're going to get most of this lesson out of the book of Peter. And it's going to take a couple of lessons to get through it. When we think about the word precious or the idea of precious, I want to think about it from the days of Nero, about 64 to 67 AD when Peter wrote this, um, this, this book to uh, the scattered saints, the people who were persecuted, not like in the days of the Roman, uh, the Romans in uh, uh, Domitian's day, when we read the book of Revelation. But this is just before the destruction of Jerusalem, and Nero was the emperor, and Nero had had crushed, if you will, or or um, brought a lot of persecution upon the people of God, and the persecuted Christians remained faithful and true to God. It was a worldwide persecution. And I want to look at First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And the Bible says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So in this day, Satan was working in such a way to where he was seeking and searching out the people that he would attempt to destroy. And yet those faithful saints held true to God. Can you imagine this goes on and on? I mean, this persecution continued and continued and continued, but God's people remained faithful and true. And the church, brethren, you would think, you would think the church would be destroyed, but no, the church grew stronger and stronger and stronger and even in number. And then in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. By no means let any one of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evil doer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed. But in that name, let him glorify God. 
Paul was executed right after this letter was written about a year or so later, about 61 A.D. Another devastating blow to the Lord's church. And yet, the church stayed true. Nero began to use Christians. He'd pour tar and pitch on them and light the stadium. And yet, the Christians remained faithful to God. It was a terrible persecution. But I want you to know something, church. As they are learning through the book of Peter, they were precious in the sight of God. And we are precious in the sight of God. I, I have never seen uh, a witness, a, a mother, a loving mother, maybe I don't qualify, <laughs> a loving mother or a loving father to hold that, that little infant in their hands and not look and say, how precious. And church, everything about the Christian is precious in the sight of God. We have a faith, but not just a faith. We have a precious faith, dear, of great value and costly. And there's a reminder to the church and to us that the most precious and costly, even the valuable things of life are still not lost during a persecution. During times of struggle, through temptation, through situations in life that are disappointing. Faith is still valuable. And we cannot let our faith slip away. Even through right now our pandemic. We don't, we don't allow these trying times to be all of what we are. For the precious faith of the saints is greater and more valuable than any persecution or trial that we will ever go through. What more do we have but our faith? First Peter chapter 1 is not just a faith. But I want to look at this word faith, this word precious rather, and precious faith through the eyes of God. We just say faith. And we can we use that term uh, very loosely today. Where we, you know, so-and-so has faith, and I have faith, and you have faith, and we all have faith. But to God, our faith is a precious thing. A precious faith. Verse 7. That the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found a result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This faith that we have in our God during our struggles, during times of peace, during times of satisfaction, during our good times and our bad times, this faith seen from God is not just faith, pistis, belief. It's precious in the sight of God. And so our faith means something. It means something not only to uh, ourselves and those around us, but even greater, it means something to God. So we rejoice. Look at verse 6, 1 Peter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, 
even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Even though there's a little bit of testing and there are some trials, you believe in Jesus and you've never seen him before. And God says to me, that is precious. Our faith is tried. When we are in situations where we are tempted, where we find sin in our lives, when we're tempted to deny that we belong to the one true and living God, God says, I want you to take this precious faith and grow in it. Second Peter, please, chapter 3. Grow in that faith that you have, that we have in our God. You see, faith is an ongoing process, Right? Today, sometimes, you know, husbands and wives in particular could say that sometimes I'm strong and my wife may be weak. And other times uh, she's weak and I find that I'm strong. But regardless, together we make a strong wrecking force in Christ, right? And that's what we are in the church. Sometimes some members are weak and others are strong. But together as a unit, we are a strong wrecking ball against Satan and against evil. Grow in that faith. Second Peter 3 and verse 18 but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Just just keep on growing. Here a little, there a little, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Second Peter chapter 1. It doesn't happen overnight, brethren. You, you think back, when we think back to our early days of our Christian faith, when we first became Christians, we had struggles then that today we haven't even thought about because we've grown in our faith. In verse 5 of Second Peter 1, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your face, apply moral excellence, and your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. Just keep growing in your faith. So here's what happens. Turn to Hebrews, please, chapter 12. What happens is this. We have to realize that the faith that we have in Christ, that precious faith, is the same faith that Elijah had in God. It's the same faith that Moses had in God. It's the same faith that the apostles had in God. The same faith that the early Christians had in God. It's a precious faith. A precious faith faith in God and God recognizes it and God appreciates it and God thanks us for it. And God says, hold on and stay true. And we're reminded of this, that God gave us heroes, he says, heroes of faith. And those heroes of faith are saying to us, in essence, we made it and so can you. We've made it and so will you hold on to your precious faith. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside the every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is looking down upon us. The heroes of faith are looking down on us and they're saying, hold on. I'm reminded of that, that servant child of Elisha when the Arameans were, were surrounding the camp in Second Kings and he looked around and he, he knew disaster was at hand. And there was nothing they could do. And Elisha prayed and said, Dear God, open up this boy's eyes and let him see. And, and I hope that we see what he saw. He saw the angelic realm surrounding the mountains around them, protecting them, guarding them in their presence and in our midst. And I pray that we see, brethren, that we are not alone, that God truly is with us. Our faith is a precious faith in God. Matthew, please, chapter 11. And I think of the footprints in the sand, that we're asking God, calling on God. We're trusting that God is carrying us through this pandemic. Do you believe that? I'm not doing it on my own. But God is carrying us through this pandemic. But you've got to keep looking to Jesus and continue to fix your eyes on Jesus and let the world see it. And let the world see God carrying us through. Verse 28, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. As long as we continue to go to Jesus, we're going to be all right. But it's when we set Jesus aside that we find ourselves in trouble. And so I encourage you tonight in this precious faith to continue to keep your eyes on Jesus to continue to walk with Jesus and let Jesus carry you through. Why is our faith so precious? Well, it's not because of us alone, but rather it's because of the precious, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. First Peter, please, chapter one. It is that precious blood of a savior who came and lived for 33 years in a world that hated him. And yet he lived for the father. And he lived for us. And he shed his blood. And it wasn't just ordinary blood. Although I know he was just a man. It was precious blood. Because his blood was sacrificial. It was sacrificial. And when he sacrificed himself, he had your names and my names written on his heart. And he went to that cross and he died. And we know what held him on the cross, right? His love. It was his love. I'm telling you, if they had said to me, come down from the cross and prove that you're Jesus, I'd have come down from the cross. I got to get off that pride, don't I? But Jesus stayed on the cross. First Peter 1 and verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. That blood was so perfect and is so perfect, it's just enough to save us. Ephesians chapter 1, And God had my mind, my name in mind when he went to the cross, and without that blood, whom human beings, each of us, could never ever make it into heaven. None of us could make it without the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have faith. and We, de- we trust him. We depend on him. Ephesians 1 and verse 6. To the praise and uh, of glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in his beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. A precious blood. So here we are. We have this precious faith, and it's precious because of the precious blood, and we trust and believe in Jesus Christ, and then we get or we gain from God these precious promises. What makes the promises of God special, precious, and unique? Because it's, they're only made to his children. <laughs> you see, we're, we're in this special class of people, if you will, humans on the earth. Second Peter, please, chapter 1. He made the promise to his children, and his promises are the promises that we can count on. His divine power is the source of these promises. Right? His divine power. So in other words, it didn't depend upon and it doesn't depend upon man for God's promises to occur in our lives. It only depends upon himself. And so God swears upon himself because there's no one higher and there's no one greater. The perfect plan of Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary, it wasn't dependent upon man. It was dependent upon the greatness of our Savior, upon God himself. We can be sure that God will always keep his promises. And we have, because of Christ, we have a way out of temptation. Every temptation, he's given us a way out. We may not always choose it. I may not always choose that way of t- out of temptation, but it's there. We have a heavenly home. We may not always want to be there, but it's there. We in Christ have his presence with us forevermore, the forgiveness of our sins and a peace on earth even in the midst of chaotic times if we'll just trust him and hold fast his faithful word. Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to look at verse uh, verse 23. If we'll just hold on to Jesus, brethren, we're going to walk through this pandemic and remember it, remember God's grace through it. In verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. When disaster strikes, Second Peter chapter 2, please. When disaster strikes, when headaches come, when you feel discouragement, and it sets in so deep into your heart, when we find that that we start saying things like, I don't know if I can go on, or I don't know how much longer I can take this, or I don't know when this thing is ever going to end. I want you to remember what God has promised. The example he gives us is in Second Peter chapter 2, in verse 7. And if you rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day with their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. What God is saying to us is, I know how to rescue you from whatever you're going through. You see? But we have to keep this precious faith in Jesus. Chapter 3 and verse 13. The Bible says, but according to his promises... We are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Because of his divine 
promises. One day soon, we're going home. We're all going to be with God forever. So we hold on to His precious promise. But then there's something else. There's this precious foundation that God has established. First Peter chapter 2, please. A precious foundation that God has established for His people. And the Bible says, beginning at verse 4, And coming to Him as to a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus was this precious stone, and we are precious stones, right? Every one of us matter. You know, you know, just the other day, uh, you know, when the ice is out there, you know what we do? We go out and we, and we get our sand and our, and our rocks and we scatter them across the, 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 you know, the sidewalks and the driveway, you know, to help with the ice. And, and, the, and the rocks serve their purpose uniformly. But in the mind of God, every individual stone matters. Every piece of sand matters to God. And that's what we are. We are these precious living stones because of Jesus Christ. And every single one of us matters. And when we hurt, God hurts with us. And when we are struggling, God is listening to us. And God has the answer for every problem that will ever come into our lives. Because we are precious in His sight. We can never forget that. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We can never forget how precious and how valuable and how important we are to our Savior, to our God. And Satan tries to convince us otherwise. Satan tries to convince children of God that we are no different than anyone else. Well, fleshly, from a fleshly standpoint, yeah, we are the same. But from a spiritual standpoint, we're the greatest thing this world's ever seen. Christians, children of God. We are precious in the sight of God, and we are built upon a precious foundation. Verse 19, the Bible says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. May I may I add this? We need each other. You know, when when God uh, established worship, uh, the idea of worship is we need each other. Right? We need each other. And we need, we need to hear from each other. We need to know that we're not alone. We need to know there are other saints out there. We need to know that other folks are suffering with us. We need to know that other folks believe in God. We need each other. We need God. And we have this, the assurance from God that we win. That God is dependable. God is true. God is strong. And all that we have to do is choose this one thing. And I'm going to close this out. We have to choose to build our life on Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 7. Choose to build our lives on Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, 
and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been confounded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came but and the winds burst against that house and blew, but it did not fall. Build your house on Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to bringing that Devo one of our Thursday evenings coming up soon. Build it on Jesus, but the choice is ours. So we need a reason. Well, we are precious in the sight of God. We have a precious faith, a precious foundation, and we're built upon the precious stone upon Jesus. And God cares for us. Give your life to Jesus. Tonight, if you're struggling in your faith and you would like prayers made in your behalf, we love the opportunity to pray with you or pray for you. Just make that known to us. Send that information into the office and we will respond. The elders will respond. If you're seeking Christ and you're wanting to be baptized into Christ or to study, to learn how to be saved, contact us and we will get in touch with you as quickly as possible. God is good. Let us serve him and let us seek him with all of our mind, with all of our heart, with all of our strength and with all of our soul. The lesson is yours. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, you are precious in the sight of God.